Hey gang, this is Mike Totorella, otherwise known as Lucci, and you're listening to the Refill and Chill Podcast. Stay tuned to the end of the pod for a preview of my new mix, Bangerade, Volume 2. Consume responsibly. I need a refill. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Refill and Chill. I'm your host, Dylan Fields, and we're back with another crazy episode. For all of you who may not know, the Oscars were just two nights ago. And if you missed out on the biggest event of national television history, let me fill you in. Chris Rock just got rocked. Chris Rock made a joke in regards to Jada Pickett Smith's hair. He made a joke about how he can't wait for G.I. Jane 2. And was referring to Jada Pickett Smith's buzz cut. Little did he know, which he may have known, but Jada Pickett Smith has alopecia, which is a hair loss illness. And, uh, you know, Will Smith was laughing. He turns over, looks at Jada, and then she is not pleased whatsoever by that comment. Will walks right up on stage, <laughs> and then he open hand slaps Chris Rock right in the face. Uh, walks back calmly to his seat and just simply says, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth twice. Um, they did ble- you know, bleep this out on live TV, but it definitely shifted the mood for the rest of the show. Um, what it did do, though, my friends, is it did skyrocket the views for the Oscars. Um, in recent years, the Oscars have been plummeting their audience scores. They were, you know, looking at a good 41 million people in 2010. And then just last year, they only had 9.85 recorded viewers. Um, just two days ago, they had reached 15.36 million viewers, which was a steady increase from last year. And I think that was solely due to the just attack on Twitter. I mean, the floodgates opened once that happened. The memes were just pulling out of left field. Um Everything under the sun you saw on Twitter and everybody jumped right to the Oscars to see if anything else was to happen. Um, Was it staged? Was it real? We don't know. Part of me believes that it was fake and it was staged. Other parts of me just believe that Will Smith was really just defending his wife. Um, It is a little sketchy, though, because nothing, nothing, and I mean nothing, happened to Will. He did not face any consequences. He ended up winning the Oscar for the best actor for King Richard. He had an acceptance speech and everything about family values. Very ironic for him. Not ironic, but, you know, him stepping up and defending Jada. But all along, people have been picking on him and his wife's relationship because it's a well-known open marriage. And she's known to be sleeping around and cheating on him. And that didn't set him off. But then this one comment about her health did. So it's one thing to make a joke about a buzz cut. But when you bring it into the fact that she has a buzz cut because of her health, that wasn't cool. Was Will Smith wrong for punching him? Yes, no, maybe. But was Chris Rock wrong for making a comment about her health? Very wrong. I don't think that that, I think that was a low blow. I don't think that you should ever joke about somebody's health, especially if it's, in, you know, a long-term illness or, you know, cancer. That's just not fair. She can't help that. Um, and I don't think it should be the butt of anybody's jokes. Definitely some snubs from this. Uh, no Way Home, not even winning one Oscar. Um, I think this is one of the main reasons why the Oscars have been plummeting their views is because people just don't care anymore. The Oscars have become, they just don't they don't matter anymore. I mean, 
yes, they do bring awareness to some films that I would never have even heard of, like the best picture that was Coda. Never even heard of Coda. Never heard of half the films that were announced for best picture. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home not being one of them, even after Spider-Man No Way Home was the third highest grossing film in history. It wasn't even rated for best picture. That makes no sense to me. Um, I just like to know who the Academy is that decides all these awards. But uh, another news, I would like to start talking a little bit about sports. I think that it's healthy to talk about my sports takes, um, especially in my own platform where I feel safe. So I want to bring up that March Madness is in full session. And we're down to the final four. We have Villanova facing Kansas and North Carolina facing Duke for the first time in NCAA March Madness history. Um, it's Coach K's you know, retirement party, so will he make it to the championship or will his party come to a standstill by North Carolina, one of their biggest rivals? Um, I myself created a bracket, and I have Villanova facing Kansas, so I was down to the final two there. Um, I do have Kansas in my championship and winning, so I'd like to see Kansas win it all. That'd be sweet. Um, but, I mean, I could care less who wins because I don't root for either of any of those four teams. But um, being from Cleveland, I'm a season ticket holder for the Browns. We do have a lot going on, and I feel like, you know, my opinion does matter being a season ticket holder. Deshaun Watson has come to the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield is on his way out. It's going to be a sad day for some Browns fans. Other Browns fans are very happy about it. I myself have a lot to say, but I try to refrain from a lot of it. Um, do I still like the Browns? Yes. Do I agree that Deshaun Watson is completely completely innocent? No. Um, all the civil – for anyone who doesn't know, Deshaun Watson had been um, charged for 22 – counts of sexual assault, sexual, you know, harassment. Um, apparently there's 22 different masseuses who claimed that he had been asking them to do certain things and they weren't comfortable with it or he was exposing himself, whatever. Um, it was found negative. He was found not guilty. And then all the civil court cases were dropped. And he's now a Cleveland Brown um, we did only trade picks for him. So getting a top five quarterbacks and not having to give up any player is unheard of. It's awesome. But now it's the long way out for Baker Mayfield um, coming off of an injury. He will now find a new home. A lot of people are thinking maybe Detroit. We originally thought maybe he was going to go to Seattle. Unsure at this point where Baker Mayfield will go. I thought maybe he could stay and back up and fight for the starting position, but we did sign Jacoby Brissett. But I would like to see the Cleveland Browns draft my cousin, Dustin Crone from Kent State University. Um, he's a notable draft pick coming out of the 2022 NFL draft. Um, would love to see the hometown kid make it to the pro level, even if he is our second or third string for a couple of years. It would be just sweet to see him get drafted. So all for the best for Dustin. I hope he makes it. I know he'll make it. But, um, again, I don't want to get too deep into the Deshaun Watson thing because it can get pretty political. But at the end of the day, I just don't think that 22 women lied. Um, it just seems a little fishy. 
you know, a lot of local businesses have given up their season tickets and are stepping away from the limelight of being a fan of the Browns just because of, you know, the, this case is still pretty at large. It's very, it's very, you know, discomforting to know that an organization was okay with bringing him on. Um, The NFL just tweeted out the, off season so far and just talked about all the different transactions between trades and then Tom Brady coming out of left field and, you know, coming out of his retirement. And the one thing they did not mention was the Deshaun Watson trade. It was almost like they didn't want to talk about it. They were just hiding it or, you know, avoiding it just makes me feel like not everybody's on board for the Deshaun Watson being back in the NFL. Um, the Cleveland Browns only guaranteeing him $1 million for his first year seems fishy. It's almost like they knew he wasn't going to play. All in all, I just don't know if I am here for it. I will still be a Browns fan. I will be there every Sunday. Will I buy a Deshaun Watson jersey? Probably not. Um, But moving on, I do want to start talking about what I've been sipping on. It was a busy week, my friends. Machine Gun Kelly released Mainstream Sellout, his latest album featuring 16 songs. There were some great features like Bring Me the Horizon, Black Bear, Willow, Ian Dior, and a surprise appearance by Gunna Young Thug and Landon Barker, new to the scene. That's Travis Barker, the drummer of Blink-182's son. Um, some key songs that I loved on this album was Maybe featuring Bring Me the Horizon, Drug Dealer featuring Lil Wayne, Mainstream Sellout, Makeup Sex featuring Black Bear. Um, and then I love this one that's towards the back half of the album, Sid and Nancy. Overall, not as great as Ticket to My Tickets to My Downfall, but still an overall great punk rock album. I love what Machine Gun Kelly has done. Um, a lot of people will argue that he's copying Lil Peep's style. Lil Peep was the first to do it. I'll admit it. I've seen it. I listened to it myself. Um, but once he died, Machine Gun Kelly kind of transitioned into what Lil Peep was trying to do. Um, but anyways, um, I just finished up Pam and Tommy from Hulu about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee's sex tape. Very great show. Um, still disappointed with just, I don't know. I thought it could have been a little better, but what what do you expect with a show about a sex tape? Um, I did just watch the Adam project on Netflix. If anyone has not seen it yet, I, I would recommend it to anybody. Um, I've been looking for a reason to get back on Netflix. I've been boycotting them for a while. Uh, and The Adam Project was just what I needed to get back. Sean Levy directed this beautiful masterpiece. I kept saying it was a conglomerate of Star Wars, Marvel, and just everything you love about Ryan Reynolds. I mean, all of his movies from Just Friends all the way to Deadpool. I absolutely love Ryan Reynolds. I think he is just c- comedic genius. Um this film is a time-traveling kind of buddy cop film of Ryan Reynolds and his 12-year-old self going back in time to stop their father from creating time travel. And it features Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner, who were co-stars in 13 Going on 30 back in the day. So shout out that. That was a cool little nod. Uh, you'll see. And um, Zoe Zarana, isn't it, who plays Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. She's also in Avatar. And Avatar 2 is coming soon. We do have a trailer coming in between the uh, trailers for Multiverse of Madness. But more on that later. So check out Adam Project. Check out Pam and Tommy. And if you haven't listened to Mainstream Sellout yet, what are you waiting for? It is 
a great album. Um, more to come this year if his album goes number one. He already said he's releasing his rap album, so that'll be sweet. Um, news today, the HBO hit series Hard Knocks has announced their next team that they're going to follow in the NFL. It premieres on August 9th this year, and it's featuring the Detroit Lions with Dan the Man Campbell. I cannot wait to see that. Um, I thought that the Indianapolis Colts midseason series was pretty good. Um, going back to even watching the Cleveland Browns in 20, I think it was 2015 or 2016. It was when Hugh Jackson was still here. I think it was 2016. Um, it's just a fun show to see behind the scenes what goes on in the locker room and, like, you know, as the season leads up. So if you haven't uh, ever watched Hard Knocks, got to check it out. Pretty sweet show. But we're going to take it to the ad break. And when we come back, we have one of my favorite segments, Product Placement. And we're back from the ad break. As always, Anchor is free. All right. We've got lots to talk about. We are moving on to The Batman. Once again, I just love this film. But much to talk about as the Joker deleted scene has been released by Warner Brothers. So much to talk about. But if you have not seen it yet, I will not spoil it completely. I do want to just mention that Barry Cohen, I apologize if I mispronounce your name, but Barry Cohen, who plays Druig in Eternals, offers up a new take on the Joker, who has been previously played by Heath Ledger, most recently, um, and Jack Nicholson, and Jared Leto, recently. Um, all I've got to say is, when he does appear, he's going to be terrifying. He looks so screwed up. Like, it's not like any Joker we've seen before. I think the closest he is is going to be the Jack Nicholson one, maybe like the acid burns, but he just looks completely scarred. His whole body looks scarred. He looks deformed. He looks morphed. He looks disgusting. But the Joker is visited by none other than the Cape Crusade Batman in Arkham Prison, and he brings files because he needs help. It's very, very, very similar to the Silence of the Lambs scene when Agent Starling goes to visit he or Hannibal Lecter, not also Keith Ledger, goes to visit Hannibal Lecter on ways to figure out who Buffalo Bill is and where to find him. And the Batman goes to visit the Joker to try to get inside his mind to figure out who the Riddler is and how he can find him. Now, one thing I do want to point out is when the Batman passes off the notes underneath the, um, well, through the little little window um there was a paper clip that was apparent and when the joker passed the notes and files back the paper clip was gone i don't know if that's a coincidence or if that was just a miss by the, the producer but in my opinion i think that we're going to see that the joker somehow escaped arkham with paperclip i think he's going to get out of his shackles and his handcuffs and he's gonna kill a guard get the gay key and the key card and he's gonna escape arkham which he'll release the riddler um my biggest thing for why i think that is uh, all along if you've been following along the interactive marketing of elrataalada.com they did say um in the newest cipher that every ending is a beginning everybody loves a comeback so I think that it could be referring to the Riddler, but I think it's mainly referring to the Joker because he had mentioned in the deleted scene, this is our anniversary, or it's almost our anniversary. So 
it would be the second time that the Batman has faced off against the Joker. Um, one thing I do want to point about this interactive marketing is that the Batman's Twitter page tweeted today, must all games come to an end question mark. And it had the Rata Alada um, URL. And if you go on to the Rata Alada website, it now says the domain has been seized that the domain for Rata Alada and you are Rata Alada has been seized by Gotham police department pursuant to a seizure warrant issued by the Gotham city district court under the authority of 18 USC blah, 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 as a coordinator of law enforcement action by City of Gotham Police Department. So it looks like the website has been shut down according to what we see here, um, which means that, you know, it just feels like we're in the movie. It feels like we're in their universe. I, that's why I love this interactive marketing where it's like it keeps you coming back to this movie and it just makes you want to learn more about these villains and these characters. Um I thought for sure that we were going to get a trailer for the Penguin series or something out of this, but I'm so glad we got this deleted scene of the Joker. Um, I think it was well worth it. Just should I think that it had been in the movie? Maybe, but I think that it was just fine without this scene. The movie was already long enough. We probably could have shaved another 10 to 15 to 20 minutes on the movie. But all in all, check out that on YouTube. It's like five minutes long. Um, one last thing I want to point out today is the product placement in the Batman. Just the little things that you might have missed. Um, when they show the city from afar and you see all the lights and all the advertisements, there are two that stuck out to me. One was Puma and the other was Little Caesars. How fitting for Little Caesars to be placed in the film when they had a Batman-themed calzone pizza. Isn't that crazy? They didn't actually have, I mean, they technically advertised the Batman, but that's what I love about product placement is they did a dual, a dual partnership where they promoted the Batman and then subtly they were placed in the movie in a way that they didn't have to say, go eat little Caesars. But because it was flashing on a screen in the background, I noticed it. I'm sure a lot of other people noticed it. That's going to draw people to little Caesars. And that's what product placement is all about. Just visuals that make you say, hmm, okay, I'm here for it. I want Little Caesars now. They never told you once to go eat Little Caesars. When that person picks up a Coke can, cracks it open, you hear the sizzling and the gulping. They're not telling you to go drink a Coke, but you definitely want to drink a Coke afterwards. That's what I love about marketing. That's what I love about product placement. And I love sharing it with all of you guys. But... That's it for today. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Refill and Chill. We'll be back next time with a lot more to come. It's going to be a crazy year. Tons of Marvel, tons of Star Wars, tons of everything. Just There's just so much to talk about, and I love it. I'm here for it. If you want to come on the podcast, let me know. We can talk. Um, otherwise, head to Spotify. Leave a review. That is a new feature on Spotify. You can leave a, a review out of five stars. Otherwise, I will see you next time. Make sure you check out my episodes with Brandon Park on Refill and chill Star Wars Saturday. Check out my Marvel Monday episodes. And thanks. Bye. So rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, any way you feel. Hey, mama, rock me.
mama like the wind and the rain Rock me mama like a self down train Hey mama rock me I'm rock hard Save your breath I'm nearly bored to death and fading fast Life is too short to last I'm back on earth I'm broken, lost Chill out, dickwad.